Hello and welcome to episode 152 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This week, we have Ryan Tankersley, Joe Carter, and myself, David McCookie. It's the end of the year, and this week, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite apps and tech that we use for stuff we do, hobbies, our jobs, etc. So to kick things off, I'm going to have each of us explain basically uh, what we do. Uh, We can include kind of our job, maybe uh, hobbies that keep us using tech regularly, uh, that sort of thing. So Ryan, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, so my job, the one I get paid for, is being a missionary. Um, For the past two years, I was in Japan. um, And over the this this six months, I'm back in the United States, but we're preparing to go back to Japan in March. So that's the one that I get paid for. Um, the one I pay a lot of money for is a seminary. Uh, I'm currently doing a seminary at Southeastern um, Baptist Theological Seminary, and so I just I I've been doing seminary for about. A year and a half now. Um, this will be my first semester taking classes at this particular one, uh, but that's another big time consumer. And then the last one is related to being a missionary. It's um, studying Japanese. Uh, I was I'm not my first term. I wasn't quite expected to get Japanese down perfect, but um, I still studied a lot. And even now I'm studying. And then whenever I go back, <clears throat> that will be my life will be studying Japanese. So <laughs> I think those are probably the three biggest things that consume my time other than, of course, spending it with people. Well, let's see. I do uh, QA, uh, software testing. Um, Quality assurance. Yes. And I also <coughs> occasionally sneeze. All right. Um, no, I do uh, QA, which is quality assurance. I do software testing. Um, for a uh, Bible software company you may have heard of. Um, and I also do um, UI and UX design. Uh, and I, my, my official time is split between those two tasks. So hmm. uh, I do that uh, for a, my job. And then um, outside of that, I, do, um, I also do freelance graphic design and uh, logo design and things like that. Um, and I dabble in uh, uh, audio production as well. So those are all uh, those are all kind of the areas that I use uh, tech for. Um, and uh, and then of course I am uh, my dad, I'm a husband and I've got a really busy household. So all those mm-hmm. things keep me busy. And, and one of the big challenges is balancing, uh, you know, the need for or the desire for uh, quiet time or my time sort of thing mm-hmm. and uh, the whole family thing. So, and I have a tendency to retreat into tech for that, um, mm-hmm. which is never a problem with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thought maybe we could go in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> state of joe 2018 tell me about your phone <laughs> why do we have a couch in here oh no <laughs> so yeah um yeah so. and for me i am a uh, web designer web developer for a uh, small web development company out of california 
Uh, I do work from home, uh, which means all the tech that I use for my job is my own, uh, just because of the, mm. the way things have worked out. Um, but I also like to do uh, just general graphic design, 3D stuff, uh, podcasts, uh, something like nine podcasts. And wow. uh, nine-ish. <laughs> you know, who can, who can keep you out? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> uh, oh, and lately I've been getting a little bit into uh, music production uh, like Joe, but without talent. So Ooh, uh, <laughs> you're see, I set a low bar, sir. <laughs> so, see, you when may I be say, careful what you say. When I say music production, I mean I import MIDI files into Logic Pro and then make them sound nicer than just a, a bland MIDI. Dee, 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 dee. What's MIDI <laughs> and what's Logic Pro? Uh oh. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tank, why don't you go ahead and kick things off? telling people about the state of your tech 2018 so the first tech that i have begun using um that i've been really enjoying recently i started using it in october and it's two parts uh one is an app and the other part is a notebook so the the notebook is called a rocket book have you guys heard of it yes no yes i have heard of it so Nice. So the Rocket Book, um, it's called the Rocket Book Everlast, and it's a uh, minus thirty six pages. Um, but whenever you write with your special Freon pen, then you can use water and erase all of the pages. And so it's it's an unlimited use notebook. You can just write in it, and um, the pens even have an eraser on the back, which you can erase just a small portion if you make a mistake instead of trying to scratch it out. Um, huh. And so the notebook can be erased unlimited times, it says. Uh, there's also another version um, that you used to microwave it. You would put it into your microwave and hit start, and that would make it erase. You could only use it five times. And now all of these notebooks have like warnings everywhere that says, do not microwave this notebook <laughs> because it is not the one you microwave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Actually, all my notebooks have that on there. It's, you know, it's, it's a litigious society we live in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the app portion is because most people don't want to, you know, erase their notebooks that they wrote everything in. Uh, the app portion uh, scans in all of the pages. And so the pages are special. They have a thick black border and a QR code and little icons at the bottom that you put an X on. Um, and so the app then scans in the page using those black borders and checks which icon you put an X in. And based on which icon you put an X in, it will either email it to you or it will put it in your OneDrive or your Google Drive and in a certain folder that you ask it to. And you, you're the one who programs which place which icon leads to. Uh, and then the QR code is there to say which page you scanned in, whether it was page one or two. Um, huh. And so, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, unlimited use notebook that is easy to store instead of just like filling up a notebook and then putting it on the bookshelf and just filling your bookshelves with finished use notebooks. So I really like it. Does, uh, does the app do anything with OCR? Uh, yes, it does. Um, you can put two uh, pound signs around it and around any text and that will become the title. And also um, it does do OCR so you can search within the app because um, it also saves all of your scans. It exports it to like Google Drive or whatever. And it'll save all of your scans on the app. And you can do an OCR search or huh. like a, a text search within it. 
for yeah. our listeners, uh, millennial listeners and below, uh, by pound sign, he means hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was wondering what he meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that wasn't intended I mean, for you, but you're somehow. Right. <laughs> I try. You write an LB period around both parts. <laughs> pound sign. Yeah, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, see, millennial yeah. listener. <laughs> All right, Joe. Oh, well, um, yeah, well, I think one thing that's been interesting is I am, I'm working in, uh, I use a lot of different software for um, the UI, UX design stuff that I do. Um, but our main uh, design software we use is something called Sketch. Um, but we've been also exploring Figma. Um, and mm. Figma is interesting in that it is a uh, it is a sketch alternative. Um, um, <clears throat> it's a sketch alternative, but it runs entirely on uh, in the browser. And it is amazing how close they can get um feature-wise, to a full-fledged desktop app that is pretty memory-hungry, um, like mm. Sketch, with a browser-based app. Um, what I've noticed, it doesn't... It, it You can view files in Figma on a iPad. You cannot edit them on an iPad. And... Boo! I was... Believe <laughs> me, I was in the same boat. Um, but I, I actually got a chance to try it out on a... Uh, a uh, Microsoft Surface Go. So an actual device that has, um, is a touchscreen device, but it also has the full OS. So uh, it can kind of fool this app into thinking it'll work there. Oh, right, and right, you right. you can try mm-hmm. to use your fingers with this. And it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So this is really made for using with a mouse. Um, huh. And so that's why, to me, that's it was like okay, that makes sense. Why that would, uh, why that would, uh, why they've limited it so far. But I, I, I can't help but imagine they're going to have that. That's something they're working on is how to make this work on um, truly touchscreen devices. Hmm. So um, uh, honestly, like, I just want a sketch slash XD slash Figma for iPad. Like, I know Adobe I has their composer. Do. I think. Which is like XD Light, which is like Illustrator Light, mm-hmm. but yeah, something something for uh, web and UI design on iPad. Man, I want that to be in my State of the Tech 2019 report. Seriously, yeah, no, I I would love that as well. And I've been using um, the closest that I have for that right now is either using um, you know one of the one of the better vector programs on iPad. So like the best one I think probably is Affinity Designer, but there's yeah. also one called Vectornator that's pretty good. Um, and there's a few out there that are pretty good and those work okay. The Affinity Designer, what drives me nuts is I find myself using it. I've, I use, I've used it quite a bit for um, uh, some freelance graphic design type stuff and whatnot. And what I find myself is fighting the compromises or it's like, okay, this thing works great. It uses uh, <clears throat> it uses uh, uh, what's what's my uh, uh, it works it works really uh, well it uses keyboard shortcuts like you would expect on a desktop so I, with my keyboard attached to my iPad Pro I can actually do a lot of keyboard shortcuts 
but I can't do all the keyboard shortcuts. There's like certain <laughs> ones where I'm like, really? Like I can't <laughs> certain like certain like selection type things and stuff like that that seem to be really intuitive. They're like, no, 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 no. You got this is a touch interface. You got to use what you know to add to your selection. You got to select something, and then instead of hitting some sort of a key and continuing adding to your selection, you have to do a a, a touch um, gesture to add to the interface. Which I understand why they do that. But yeah, mm. it kind of drives me nuts. Anyways, I'm going to start ranting about things. Uh, which <laughs> start. Be super, yeah. <laughs> any any minute now, it's going to start. Watch <laughs> out, guys. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but that's my first thing is I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing in a year from now if we're still using Sketch or if we've gone to Figma or if something else has superseded it. I think it's a, it's a space that's ripe for another disruptor. Sketch was a disruptor that came in a few years ago and and took the rug out from underneath Photoshop on UI UX design. And it'd be interesting mm. to see what happens in this next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm especially interested because now, now having to do web design, uh, Illustrator feels like way more than what I want and need having to fight print features and switch things from points mm. to pixels. Uh, but mm. XD is always just a little, a little too light for me. Oh yeah. And I get killed on XD still, still cannot install XD. Because <laughs> because I have a corporate installation of uh, of our creative suite and it doesn't have XD in the image, mm. so funny. All right, so for me, yeah, I am going to go with the most recent thing. It's hard to think like when when you're asked the question, uh, think back a year from now mm-hmm. or think back mm-hmm. over the last year. It's hard to think because you just kind of there's like this recency bias. Uh, oh, ATP sure. was just mm-hmm. talking about this mm-hmm. where you only think of the things in the last month. So I'm going to mention something from like the last month and a half. You know, back in March, I was <laughs> exactly. Nobody ever really <laughs> says that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I recently picked up the SwiftPoint GT mouse uh, for my iPad. What? Dun, bum, bum. What is uh, this? It doesn't work with anything on my ipad except like 10 apps and all of them are either vnc or rdp so remote desktop apps uh Mm. and i also have an amazon workspace set up uh right now it's on the free tier i'm still trying to figure out uh, i'm 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 working basically to to find a solution for a remote computer that doesn't live in my house or maybe does live in my house that i can connect to from my ipad and use for Mm. web development uh, but the Amazon Workspaces thing, I just went on a uh, went on a trip for uh, the end of the year. You mean a Christmas trip? <laughs> Christmas. <No. laughs> uh, if if uh, listeners are confused about all of this, you can just listen to episode twenty four of the lightest form of flogging. <laughs> um, He's explained this across several several pro- podcasts in three languages. It's uh, yeah, serial covenanting. We call it. <laughs> um, now a covenant or cereal that could be good wow anyway um and delicious <laughs> full of fiber not magically delicious <laughs> just delicious you're always after me lucky charms <laughs> <laughs> um so no uh on this trip i needed to do some work because i had some deadlines and just wasn't able to take all the all the time off that we were uh that we were there and didn't really want to anyway, wanted to get some time in for work. Uh, And I was able to connect to this windows box that was living in Virginia uh, and just do web development on it, do uh, CSS, do a little bit of uh, twig, do some uh, Drupal configuring uh, using this mouse. And uh, it was, it was extremely smooth. Uh, Everything about it was actually really, really usable. And the 12.9 inch iPad pro uh, 
uh, that display, the size of that display is, uh, it, I don't find it wanting anything. Uh, and for web development specifically, the 12.9, like three to four aspect ratio actually seems to work better than like a 13 inch MacBook Pro with its 16 by 10 aspect ratio. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend giving that a shot. You can get the, uh, you can get a, a VNC or an RDP client. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Uh, typically, they're like between free and $20. Um, and even just try it without the mouse to see how smooth it is and and how well it might work at your local coffee shop or whatever. But uh, mm. yeah, that's been working really well for me. Nice. Our sponsor this week is Missionalware, your Reformed Theology gift shop. Missionalware prints apparel, drinkware, and accessories with beautiful artwork of historical creeds, quotes, and faces of various reformers. It's the beginning of a new year, and maybe you've decided to cut down on coffee for 2019. Bad idea. Coffee is the best drug your body can possibly be addicted to. You should cancel that resolution, and while you're at it, think about getting a new mug so people can see your theology is as strong as your coffee. Seriously, though, they make some pretty nice mugs that can be great conversation starters, or just look good on your reclaimed wooden pallet coffee table. To get some of these sweet, sweet mugs, a t-shirt, a Luther bobblehead, or even just to browse their great designs, check them out at missionalware.com to get your lifestyle on mission to the glory of God. Thanks to Missionalware for sponsoring Tech Reformation. All right. Back to you, Tank. My turn. All righty. And my second one is... Ah, right. Okay. My second one is actually, speaking of the recent recent bias, I got it uh, three days ago for Christmas. And um, <laughs> it is, it's called a tile. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. This one's probably been, let me make sure it's tile. Yeah, it's tile. This one, probably a lot of people know of by now because um, it's been out for a while. But I have a big problem with losing things. Um, and I also have a problem where I get really frustrated whenever I spend more than like two minutes searching for things. And, um, tile is a thing finder is what it's called or what it calls itself. I think. Mm -hmm. So you attach it to, you attach it to any of your things that you don't want to lose like keys or a wallet. Um, people and then children. wait a minute, <laughs> you, you can attach it to children. You really can, or dogs. Um, I can go into how that would be helpful in a minute, but, um, so including people, you attach it to them and then you connect to it with, through an app on your phone. Uh, I think via Bluetooth is how it works. And if you're losing it, you hit the button on your phone and <laughs> that, that object will start ringing really loud. And so you can narrow down where it is by going towards the sound. Um, it's like, and then, so it's like find my iPhone for anything. Mm-hmm, I love pretty it. Much. Yeah. Cool. And, and then if you lose your phone, you know, it's really, the tile doesn't really fit with a phone cause it's, you don't really stick it onto your phone. So I was wondering how you could do that. Cause I lose my phone a lot. Well, you can use your tile, say you attach it to your keys or put it in your wallet and you know where that is. Um, you pull that out and you hit the tile twice and it will turn your phone volume to max and make it start ringing. Wow. Um, nice. So you cool. can find it. The only downside is if it's in your pocket in a place that you're supposed to be quiet, like attached to your keys and you accidentally hit it twice, your phone starts ringing really loud. (laughs) So you have to be a little careful with that. And then the last cool thing about it, um, about people or animals, um, is that if you allow it, it will, it will be able to see your location sensor as well. And then 
say you attach it to a dog and your dog runs out of the Bluetooth range of your phone, um, but it runs into somebody else who has a tile on them on their phone, um, then your that tile will say, hey, I'm like, I just passed this person's tile hmm. and it will send your phone a notification of the location. And so you can go there and if it passes somebody else, then you get another notification. You can just kind of follow it around until you figure out which general area it went to and is spinning around circles on. So have you lost your dog yet? I don't, I don't have one on my dog. How about your children? And yes. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) No, I just have, I just have one on my keys right now. And then I also got another one that I'm trying to decide if I want it on my other keys or in my wallet. But Hmm. Hmm. Yep. So that's what I've been playing or excited about recently. Nice. Nice. Really cool. All right. Well, the other thing that um, my next thing is totally just for um, uh, nothing to do with work, um, which is I just got a Steel Series Nimbus controller. Um, and this is also, yeah, time bias too. It's within the last few weeks. Um, it's basically like a little Xbox controller. Ooh. But it's uh, Bluetooth, mm. and it connects to your iPad, and so then your oh, nice. iPad becomes a little, uh, like a little gaming thing. Not quite the same as like a Xbox or Sketch or Switch, just because it doesn't have the mm. um, the games don't have the depth. At least the ones that I found that work with it don't. But there's mm. still um, there's some really fun like side scroller type games uh, that work with it, and then there's. Um, things like Bastion and uh, Transistor, some of these games that are a little bit more of a top-down. There's the similar style as to like uh, the Diablo style game, though that sort of mm. genre is not my cup of tea. I like that. I mean, I Bastion's say, one of my favorites. Yeah. See, Bastion, yeah. And it works with Bastion. It's, it's really great with that. Um, and uh, the cool thing about this, this controller is, uh, it's the one that Apple sells. So if you want to buy a video game controller for your iPad, iPhone, Apple or TV. for your Apple TV, this is the one they recommend. It's the one they sell in the store and they're 50 bucks each in their store. But on eBay, it's $25, at least the one that I found. And um, Mm. it's got a 40 hour battery and it connects really uh, seamlessly to the device. And it feels like you've got a, I mean, it's just, it's like an Xbox control. It's got a really nice, heavy, you know, solid feel to it. It doesn't feel junky. Reminds me of like the uh, first Xbox controller. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me too. It's like an early Xbox controller. Um, and um it's been a lot of fun just kind of fun to like you know wherever you are suddenly you're you can have your gaming setup just handy to do some just some you know just some fun gaming so that's been kind of uh kind of a fun thing to explore you got you get bluetooth headphones this on bluetooth and then your device and your uh you're pretty well hooked up all right uh so another one for me uh i have a third one that's not going to fall into recency bias so Woo-hoo. Just, uh, just so you know, well, it's, I think it's still within like the last eight months, but anyway, uh, this one that I'm about to talk to, I got back in September and it is the iPhone 10 S specifically the camera on the iPhone 10 S because, uh, traveling, uh, this past week, uh, I made the conscious decision uh, when we visit, uh, my in-laws, I am the, uh, the photographer, uh, I basically, because I, I, take pictures professionally uh so i always end up bringing my it's not a huge camera it's the sony a7 III. it's a mirrorless camera uh full frame it's not huge but when you're traveling it's just it's it's so much more convenient to not bring 
anything at all other than like the clothes on your back. Uh, and as it is, we're <laughs> always bringing, you know, a suitcase and and another small suitcase. And uh, so this this past week, I made the decision consciously to not bring my large camera and just use mm-hmm. my iPhone XS because I've decided that the low light performance, at least with the uh, with the wide angle lens, is good enough. Uh, and that uh, between that and having portrait mode, when you have a, a little bit more light, uh, that it was, I decided that was going to work fine. And I took pictures and they turned out well. And I, I'm sure there will be times when I will want to bring my big camera uh, on, on trips and traveling and, and all that in the future. But it is mm-hmm. nice to know, you know, the, the old expression, the best camera is the one you have with you. Uh, it's funny because probably when that was coined, they were talking about how great 35 millimeter is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> how great and portable 35 millimeter <laughs> is instead of four by five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, like the, that book that I've talked about on our other podcast that we uh, is that the book that's titled the best camera is about an iPhone three GS. I mean, that's what they, that's what he shot everything in that book with an iPhone three GS. Yeah. And I, I really feel like the 10 S now has between all the fancy stuff that it does for sensors in low light. I think it does as good a job as something like the, uh, the old standby, the 10 Canon T two I, uh, they, they put that sensor in like the T three I, the T four I, maybe the T5i. So it was a, it's a Canon camera that if you, if you own a Canon camera from, I've got you it. Know, That's the one like, I got. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have either that one or one with the same sensor. I think it's the same as the, uh, same sensor as the, uh, seven D. Is that what that was? Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I think that it does as good a job as that, <laughs> as that digital SLR in low light and in high contrast scenes, I think it actually captures more dynamic range. So, wow. Uh, yeah. How about the, uh, something that it we talked about at one point you and i just kind of offline talked about this of how there's kind of that face smoothing kind of looks like you're wearing makeup thing if they fix that so that's on the front facing camera and they did they did make that a bit better oh good Uh, and the other thing worth noting uh that i've actually used it for is not uh so basically for uh ebay product shots when i'm selling things Uh i just stopped using my sony because i can do everything just using the app and still come out with really nice pictures uh, and even get uh, depth of field in some cases. When I sold my uh, drone, I used the portrait mode on the drone to get some nice depth of field for the cover shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just been very, very impressed with that camera. The 10R uh, is a lot cheaper and it has the same uh, wide angle lens. Uh, so if you're not that interested in portrait mode, uh, that's also it, in my mind, it's it's a big enough step up from any of the other iPhones to where if if you're if you have the money and you're considering upgrading, that's a that's a very compelling reason. Cool. So, Tank, do you have? Oh, and and I've been using Halide, the uh, the app Halide for its Smart Raw and uh, the way that it does uh, portrait mode is pretty neat too. Uh, so we'll link to that in the show notes. Tank, do you have a number two, three, or a number mean? three, number three, Trace? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, my number three would be um, Office three sixty five. Give a shout out to something Microsoft. <laughs> Sweet. So for yeah. any of our listeners who haven't heard of this before, this is little company Microsoft <laughs> and they've got this office. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. So my uh, company started using it <clears throat> right at the beginning of the year in January and um, been using it for the whole year. And I've always used, uh, I've never owned an Apple item other than through my wife and an iPod. So I guess I have owned an iPod. <laughs> um, 
so I've always used uh, Microsoft or Windows. Um, and yeah, just upgrading that stuff to the three six uh, to three sixty five has been really cool. Um, one, it's cool because I don't have to pay it, so I have no idea how much a personal use costs. But um, the the company app, there's um, or the company plan. There's just a ton of apps that uh, really do work well. Um, some of them you could use like there's a Trello knockoff and there's a Slack knockoff and there's um, all sorts of kind of like taking one, taking a good idea from another company and building their own version of it, uh, a YouTube knockoff, but it's all within the company. And yeah, we have access to all these tools that only the people within our organization can see. Um, you always have the latest word and, um, Excel and stuff that you can use online. Um, and there's some apps that like OneDrive and OneNote and, um, what was the other one? Oh yeah. Like a to-do list that I've never used any of the note taking apps, which I know there's great ones out there and I've never used, I'd use like Dropbox and Google drive, but they've always been such a small amount that I've paid for. Um, and I've never been able to get into a to-do app, but, um, Something about having Office 365 and playing with them all. I started using um, a lot of the suite. So if you're a Windows user and I get technically, I think all of them or most of them work on an Apple as well. But if you're a Windows user particularly, then um, it's worth checking out. Sorry to everyone else who doesn't appreciate <laughs> Microsoft. Appreciate. Which is probably the, the larger majority. <laughs> I view Microsoft as a uh, necessary evil, although they've been doing they've been doing more good stuff lately. So, Joe, do you have a number three? I don't. <sighs> Sorry, I don't really have a third one ready. So, <sighs> there you go. <clears throat> Let me consult my notes. I'm trying to think if Joe has a third nope. one. Now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with. A I actually third didn't one. have a third one either. Yeah, whenever uh, David said my third one is doesn't use the the bias. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, that means we're going three times. I better start thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> you did that whole start thinking thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tried that one day. <laughs> it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's going to be so proud. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll just give my third then. Is that okay? That's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, tank gave his third. Yeah. Maybe while I'm talking, you'll think of something. Maybe. Maybe. This is an app <laughs> called Voice Memos. <laughs> <laughs> that Joe literally launched for the first time on his iPad today. Um, so my third one is what you are listening to me on right now. What? It is the, uh, the Behringer UMC 404 HD. Oh, yeah. Four inputs, four outputs mixer. I think uh, Derek... Uh, May he rest in peace. Whoa. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he was one of the, if you're new, he, he was one of the uh, hosts on the show, but left uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, the, uh, he actually just picked one of these up and uh, it does pretty high quality uh, audio recording. It takes uh, four inputs from, you know, things like a, a musical keyboard or a microphone, or I use it for microphones for podcasting. Uh, it has phantom power. If you know what that is, it's, uh, and it takes four inputs in and sends four to your computer. So you can record four things completely independently all at the same time, uh, rather than, uh, having them all mixed into one track, one or two tracks. Um, and Joe literally just pulled out of his bag, the two Oh two HD. 
yep. uh, which is a <laughs> two two track or two input uh, version of of what I'm talking about. But yeah, if you're if you're doing podcasting, both of these are really good. And I remember I had never even considered getting a multi input uh, uh, audio interface uh, because when I first started getting into uh, digital audio recording, I looked at those sorts of things like four, you know, where you could do four inputs to separate tracks and they were in like the four or $500 range yep. uh, at mm-hmm. minimum. And this thing was mm-hmm. less than a hundred dollars. So, uh, wow. Yeah. I think mine was about 50. Yeah. I got mine. I got mine nice. used off of reverb, but it was in great shape. And that's, that's what, the 202, what, by the way, not the 404. Right. What are the four things that you input for your podcasts? Uh, I, uh, so it's typically two microphones and then, uh, we have the ability to add up to two guests. Uh, and sometimes mm. I've been trying to find a way uh, specifically for the lightest form of flogging to be able to record my computer and kind of use it as a soundboard while we're recording. Uh, so I was playing around with plugging uh, plugging in and basically a stereo output into the last two ports. Uh, but I think I'm going to end up using uh, Audio Hijack and... Uh, yeah, so uh, basically, it's just nice to have the two extra ports for guests. <laughs> nice. Yep. Do you think of anything, Joe? Besides the two hundred two that you just pulled out, uh, the Behringer two hundred two HD. I want to tell you guys all about it. It's this audio interface. <laughs> um, no, uh, golly, it's just it's funny because I mean we're kind of steeped in tech. We're awash in tech all the time. Um, hmm. Probably the third one then for me would be my Jabra headphones. I've got a Jabra uh, uh, <coughs> Bluetooth headphones, and I found that they are, um, what are they, the Jabra Sport? Oh, shoot. What's the, what we is can put it name? in the show notes. Anyway, um, they are uh, Jabra Move uh, headphones, and they're a really... Uh, you can get them on sale for around 50 bucks, which is what I did at one point. They're you run about 70 or $80 normally. But they're a really nice little set of headphones that feel good on the head. You can wear them for a pretty long amount of time without them starting to feel uncomfortable. And they're, uh, they have a nice battery life, good Bluetooth, and they're just a real simple, basic set uh, without having to you know, completely break the bank. So um, that's another one that I use that I really like a lot. So that would be, mm-hmm. that's a, another thing that I use really regularly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps things up here. Uh, We have a Slack team uh, or workspace, as Joe would call it, that you can join. Uh, You can get to it by going to slack.techreformation.com. I know I've been posting about my my experiments with uh, remote computing on my iPad in the uh, tech channel. So you may want to join there if it doesn't join you there by default. Uh, And we also have the episode discussion channel uh, where we would love to hear from you guys about your state of the tech 2018. Uh, You can also find us on techreformation.com where we've got all of our past episodes. And you can follow us at techreformation on Twitter. Thank you for listening. And we hope to uh, interact with you and not just talk at you. No, no. I just want to talk at you. I got a couple things that I want to say to you right now. Joe will not be on the Slack. (laughs) Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.